Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Tradie Business School podcast, the only podcast you need to build a sustainable business, setting yourself free from the tools at some stage. I'm joined with my partner in crime today, uh, Brian Santos. G'day, Brian. How are you today? G'day, Adam. Good to see you. Good to be here. It's good to see you too, mates. We've got a, uh, a topic dear to my heart today, so please excuse me if I get up on my high horse because accountants are the bait of my existence. I have to preface this uh, podcast today with this is not financial advice by any stretch of the imagination. That is not what we're about. We very much try to stay in our lane of giving people help with their business strategies, how to grow and scale their business, how to manage their time, their, their cash, but not what you should do when it comes to tax time and those sorts of things. Accountants are very good at looking backwards at numbers, and we're very good at looking forwards at the future and taking those numbers and going, okay, how do we make some educated decisions on where we need to go? What do we need to do? How do we drive our decisions off of the data rather than off of the feelings that we often get? But um, Brian, I, I want to throw over to you because this come up on the back of you know one of our clients having some hard times in and around their accounting. And uh, I'd love to, because this is something that shows up all the time. It's, it's the old accrual versus cash accounting basis. Uh, the other thing I want to do before we get into this is I want to say that I have I know some amazing accountants, but I know some terrible ones too. And what we hope to get you by the end of this podcast is some tips on how to find amazing accountants not uh, and move away from those ones that are not proactive and not worried about your best interests. They're only worried about their own conformance and their own reporting and their own issues. But Brian, please tell us about the client. We won't mention any names, but the the experience that they they've currently faced or the situation that they're currently faced. Um and and sort of what you know how that come about. Sure. So which is something that we often see, right? So this isn't a one off example. It's something that we see every so often. Um and which is I guess the reason why we're having this discussion today is to kind of educate people on not about accounting because we're not accountants, but to be aware of what to look for, right? So the situation with a client of ours is that they've been doing really well, they've had growth, it's been fantastic, and then they all of a sudden had some cash flow issues because there was a there was a major bill that was that a tax bill that was due, and the the problem was with the growth came so he's he was doing some some construction projects and it was a it was a large bills in the in the tens and tens of thousands of dollars. And he was invoicing it out um, what would have been like over several months, but because he entered it in as an invoice through his um, system, I can't remember, service mate or whatever it was, and then it went in, it plugged into zero. And so that whole $80,000, $60,000 was actually invoiced out, even though he knew it was only going to get deposits and uh, progress payments over the next mm. few months. Yet, as the as the BAS came due, uh, or you know, it came to be reported, the income that was reported was the sixty or eighty thousand dollars, even though that the last sum in exactly. Yeah. So he used to have pay GST mm. on that sixty eighty grand, which is a chunk of cash, especially if that income that cash isn't coming in. And so that's what brought up this whole 
concept of this, this is the sort of stuff that your accountant, in my opinion, should be discussing with you, at, at the very least educating you so that you know, or, or seeing it in advance, right? Or seeing it in your books and saying, hang on, hang on, something doesn't match up, right? Mm. Yet he's now in the situation where he's speaking to us and saying, oh, you know, I'm stuck a bit. And we're saying, well, what did you do with your accountant? Why didn't they say this? Why didn't they do that? Mm. And so, which, which is a problem in my opinion, because, uh, and this is something that we discussed, your accountant should be an extended team member of your business, right? And if your team member isn't communicating on the things that are important to their specific role, and it's just an afterthought and it's, you know, then that's a problem to me. If it's affecting your cash flow, which is really the lifeblood of your business, then to me, that's a problem. And so, hence, uh, hence the discussion of today. <laughs> Definitely. I think one key point to point out here is people probably don't know the difference between cash accounting and accrual accounting. Um, once again, this is not financial advice. Uh, there may be some nuances there that, that I don't, uh, that I'm not aware of, but over, over the years, I've, I've decided to take control of, of the accounting and understand and learn about accounting and understand what these these two, I guess, different ways of accounting are. Because one big thing I see with with business owners and 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 I've you know I've done it myself is abdication of responsibility to know and understand what the specialists are doing. Right, like just blind faith. I give that to my accountant to do. Now, if you've got a really good accountant that probably is never going to blow up in your face. But if you've got an accountant that is not that good, then this is the, these are the sorts of scenarios that happen. Accountants tend to, or what I've seen a lot of, is they tend to push people towards accrual-based accounting, which is basically anything that you've invoiced, you've got to pay tax on in that quarter, right? Whether you've collected that tax or not. Now, the problem with that, that accounting method is... It's really good for knowing exactly where you are in your tax position, but it smashes your cash flow. Because if you invoice, let's say you've invoiced a $100,000 job, it's got $10,000 GST on it. You've then got to pay that $10,000 GST and you may not have received a cent yet. So that's a really challenging place. You've already just burned through 10 grand that you don't have right now. Now for small businesses, this can crush a business, you know, really easily. Like, and, and, you know, so, some small business owners are doing, you know, five to $10,000 a month. And then when you pay tax on top of that, you know, $500 or $1,000, that can be the difference between them paying their bills or not, you know, or, or making a loan repayment or not. So I'm not going to say my advice is, my preference for me personally would be to always be on cash-based accrual until such a point, sorry, I've just meddled the words there, always to be on cash-based accounting rather than accrual-based accounting for the sheer fact that I've only got to pay that tax, pay it forward once I've collected it. So therefore, I can use lack of profit first accounting method. I can get that tax in the in the door and I can sit it in an account until it's tax time and then pay it, pay it forward. Whereas the accrual-based, you've got to basically be bankrolling the tax. Now, sure, if that, that client defaults um, and you don't get paid, you get a tax offset or a tax credit in your next bass. But the thing is, you've then got to wait three months for that, you know? So I'm all about keeping as much cash in, in your pocket and in, in your door as, as possible. But I mean, we, we talked offline a little bit about some of the, the symptoms of, I guess, not having a good relationship with an accountant. And, um, 
I'd love to hear your thoughts on those. I know for me, there's always this under in in the times, and and I've been through a few accountants in my time. I have, I'm pretty unrelenting with it now, for the pure sake that I I know what I need to see and what I need to hear. Uh, and we'll get to that later on. Is what are the questions that you want to ask your accountant to know that they are, they do have your best interests at heart. You know, for me, it's definitely that uneasy feeling when it comes to dealing with them. You know, like I don't, if you've got that gut feeling that you don't get a lot of confidence with somebody who plays such a vital role in your business, then you've really got to question whether that's a relationship you want moving forward. I mean, if it was your partner uh, in business or in life, and you, they gave you zero confidence that they've got your back. Like, would you go forward in life with them? Yeah, it's probably not. But I still see people do that because of the old saying, better the devil you know. They they, they continue with the accountant. Oh, you know, they they lodge all my, you know, they lodge my things on time once a year. And it's like, no, that's not a good accountant. So, I mean, what what in your experience, Brian, what have you sort of seen and heard to, to know that the accountant's great or not so great? Yeah, for me, when we see clients and businesses who are doing well or have a good situation or set up with their account, they usually talk about them from a relationship point of view, first and foremost. Mm. So if you don't feel like you have a great relationship or a relationship full stop uh, with your account, then then that's that's that not that it's a red flag, but it's something that you can you should consider. Not mm. that you should expect your account to be your best mate or anything like that, but. Like I, the, the term that I used before was team member. So if you don't feel like your relationship with your accountant is like having another team member, an extended team member mm. to business, then that's something that you should you should consider. Sometimes, sometimes you know, accountants don't do so. Again, this is just my observation. They don't step up. We're being very diplomatic, aren't we? We're throwing <laughs> we're throwing grenades at accountants. But being very diplomatic, it's like throwing a hand grenade wrapped in cotton wool. <laughs> yes it's still deadly still deadly never mind yes but the thing is if you don't ask this is what i find if you don't ask your accountant if you don't say to them or communicate it so it's it's while it's an ownership on their side it's really an ownership on your side too 100 percent. but if you don't say to your accountant this is what i need help with more often than not they're busy right accounts any decent account is so busy at the moment. There's more demand mm. than there is than there are good accounts. Yeah. So they're going to be busy and they're going to prioritize the ones who they believe need the help and want the help the most. So if you're quiet and you don't communicate to your accountant, guess what? They're going to think, Adam's fine. He's all right. He's, he's sorted, right? And then, mm. but really what you, uh, and I guess hopefully this is one of the things that you get from today is build that relationship, that communication with your accountant so that you can discuss with them things proactively mm-hmm. as opposed to reactively after the fact that, you know, you've got all the, the year's done, the quarter's done, and you go, here's, you know, here's the situation. Proactive communication with your accountant can really make or break, in my in my opinion, your mm-hmm. financial situation. So, so, would you suge- so would you suggest that hearing from your accountant once or twice throughout the year is symptom of maybe not a good accountant yeah yeah i, I think so and and um and again a, a part of that is the accountant's fault if you will but as a business owner i would at least you know try and and, and communicate with them hey i'd like to mm. 
communicate with you. I'd like a better relationship so that I can be more on more on top of my business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I think I think you're right. Like good accountants, it's like good tradies. You know, they're never they they don't have an, any spare slots in their calendar, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But if you're already in with them and they're not proactively following you up and those sorts of things, I think that's a that's a red flag. Like you. Like, yes, it is your responsibility to follow up with your accountant, but if you've made it clear, and this is the the difference between expectations and reality all the time, like if the communication's there, if the expectation has been set that I want to hear from you on a monthly basis, yeah. if, I, if I don't call you on the month and you don't call me on the month, then we've got a problem, you know, like one yeah. of us needs to constantly be chasing up. But if it's you doing the chasing of them constantly, and I see this yeah. all the time, yeah. right? Accountants, they go through, they're, they're in this kind of, abundance kind of place right now where there's so much work for them they're like whatever you know loan brokers are, are the same at the moment you know uh, they don't uh, have to get back to you you know uh, so understanding that is is important i mean some of the other red flags that we talked about off off uh line bride was uh, you know the unexpected tax bills i mean that was a big thing for for our yeah. client but yeah the the lack of confidence is a is a huge thing so i mean in contrast to those like if you've seen those red flags I mean, what I what I'd love, uh, I always ask people, you know, because there'll be people listening to this going, "Oh shit, yeah, I don't have a good relationship with the, the accountant. I only hear from them once or twice a year, and usually it's because I've chased them up to get mm. my tax done, or mm. I've got a huge tax bill, and I wasn't expecting that. It's come from nowhere, you know. My, then my question becomes. In contrast, how much difference would your business be if you had confidence in your numbers? I mean, we obviously take people through knowing their numbers so they can have those discussions with those with their yeah. accountants. But how how much better would you feel in yourself? Because I know for me, when I'm across the numbers and I know where all the money's at, it's just this. There's a like, and and we could, things can be tight, but when I know where everything's happening, where everything is, I I can take take comfort in that, knowing that. Yeah, there might be a big tax bill going to come because we've invoiced for a huge job, but I also know the money's in the door and those sorts yeah. of things. So, so I can kind of relax. How much higher do you think you would show up in your business? You know, how much better would you serve your existing clients if you didn't weren't freaked out about your your cash flow and your money and your accountant? You know, because I think the big thing to remember with accountants, right, is they're very heavy on compliance, right? Yeah. They have to be. They're, they're regulated by the ATO, the financial ombudsman, different different governing bodies, those sorts of things. And and that's, I think, what frustrates me a lot about accountants is they're very focused on that because they have to be, and rightfully so. But there's got to be this fine line that they I think they can walk where they're compliant, but they're also looking after their their clients, you know, and they're helping them make decisions like right now, until you get to X amount of dollars, you want to be in cash reporting a basis. You know, once you're into multi millions of dollars, you can probably afford to move to accrual and it manages your cash flow a bit better. But until you've kind of built that skill set initially, like I think accountants should be advising their clients to be on on cash. See, that was very diplomatic. I said, put it on the accountants to advise their clients. So if you're an accountant <laughs> listening and you want to fight me on that, let me know. Like I said, we've got some amazing uh, friend accountants who, you know, their advice is to to put yourself on on cash reporting until such a time where you've got a war chest and you can build that stuff up so you don't get those big ebbs and flows. But I would love to know, Brian, like you've, you've seen good accounting, you've seen bad accounting, what? 
can we give the listeners today? Like, what are the sorts of questions that they can be asking themselves first and foremost? But then what are the questions they can be asking their accountant to know that they're going to be a good fit and that they're actually like a forward thinking accountant? Because that's the thing, like these accountants stuck in this abundance mindset, thinking that the work's never going to run out, right? Because it always does, you know, people will start to tighten the belts and go, shit, I can't afford to pay an accountant five, 10, 15, $20,000 a year. I need to do my own in-house accounting, right? So accountants need to start thinking a little bit outside of the box. How do we add more value to our clients? How do we make this a no-brainer where they don't start taking the law of accounting into their own hands. Mm. I know, you know, there's been times where I've just been like, you know what, I'm done with you guys, but I'm waffling a little bit. Love to know from you, Brian, what sort of questions would you ask an accountant? What sort of questions would you ask yourself? Right. That's a good point. I, I think like in the first place is like to ask them questions. I, I mean, we spoke about it. Like you, you want to interview an accountant before you take them on, or even if they're an existing accountant for, you yeah. know, I would still have a, a meeting with them and say, hey, here's the direction I want to take my business or mm. I've taken on a coaching company and here's my goals. Or he-. If you're not having the discussion with an accountant about your goals and your business goals, not just your tax minimization or, you know, compliance related goals. Mm. I mean, like, again, if you see it, everyone's only got one goal, Brian, minimize tax to zero. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Oh, no, it's all good. You should really be involving someone like that into your in your discussion. So asking questions about, hey, this is my plan. What are your thoughts? And and then the discussion should should kind of you know come off of that. And if you if from that discussion you're not comfortable or you don't think that they you can sense do they actually know what they're talking about? Are they, you know, on board with what I'm talking about? Or you know, sometimes there's a disconnect. And mm-hmm. and those are the sorts of things I think you'd want to kind of flesh out a little bit to decipher whether or not. A, you need to continue, or B, you need to find a new person, or C, continue with this person, but get them on board to where you want to take, you know, have that relationship with. So Mm. questions around those, and I guess, um, you know, questions around other than what you're doing for me at the moment, where else could you add value to my business? Questions along those. That's a really good point, actually, because I know that there's some accounting firms out there that do offer some additional services in, in and around you know, invoice management, you know, chasing up clients and being the bad guy. So you can go and be the good guy and and generate all the work and do the invoicing. But then when it comes to following it up, you know, they've got some bookkeeping services, they've got some debtor management services, those sorts of things. So, you know, if that's a problem for you, I think that it's worth having those discussions. But I mean, the questions have, for me, they've always got to start internally, you know, like, yeah. um, do I have a good relationship? And, and I ask, yeah, I say this to people all the time, fire everybody mentally at least once a year, you know, like, yes, Brian, I fired you mentally before and then get to the point, like, ask yourself, would I rehire them? And luckily for you, Brian, the, the answer is yes. <laughs> so, but it's the same for the whole team, right? You know, they, they, and the team, like you said, it extends to those external consultants and specialists and contractors and whatever they are, you know. Do you have a good relationship with them? Do they fill you with confidence? Do I feel like they're part of my team and they actually care about me and my business? If the answer is yes, then you can get to those external questions. You know, what what else can you do? You know, do you feel like, you know, feel, ask them out, feel them out, you know, ask them out. Maybe don't ask them out. But 
feel them out, ask them the questions about, do you feel like we meet often enough? How, how else can, can we strengthen this relationship? You know? So, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you're on cash or accrual, I think that's a really good place to start. Contact your account and ask them why. Why am I on cash? Why am I on accrual? Whatever it may be. And that, that's a really good place to start getting for a feel for how helpful they are. If they're just trying to fob you off and sort of say, oh, that's just the way we do it, then it might be time to start looking for a new accountant. So I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up, Brian. Have you got anything else you want to you add before we wind this episode up? Not really, mate. I think, um, you know, it's other than like, I know that a lot of you who are listening are probably having who have an accountant that they have used have possibly thought about moving to someone else but just don't like the change honestly mm. you don't necessarily have to change someone but i think just open up the conversations ask the questions like adam was suggesting like even just ask them like am i on a cruel or a cash account what's the difference and and mm-hmm. why am i doing it that way the more you can ask and open up the conversation because a lot of things that happen with your accountant is just because that's how they do it or that's how it's easier or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just open up the conversations and see where that leads to. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think ask, ask, your, ask your accountant to explain things that you don't understand. Yeah. If they're prepared to teach you and share that knowledge with you, then they're probably a good account. It's a good sign, right? Because they want to help you. They want to help you understand. I know some of the best relationships that I've built with clients over the years are the ones that have asked me questions and I've mm-hmm. taken the time to explain mm-hmm. With them, it builds that trust. And accounting, if you're an accountant listening to this, this is one thing that you can do with your clients to, to really strengthen the relationships, teach them, explain to them. You're yeah. not going to become redundant if you do that. If, you, if anything, you're going to firm up the relationship yeah. and become the authority because you're the knowledge, the source of knowledge. They go to you for that. So, yeah, no, there's some really valid points in there, some, some amazing things. I thought I was going to get a lot more ranty than than that uh, than I did because I've seen some terrible accounting lead to some terrible outcomes in business. Yeah. And look, it's not always the accountant's whole and sole fault. It's usually a symptom of a lot of problems within the business. But, you know, certainly, certainly some good discussions to be had. But we'll wrap it up there now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you have enjoyed today's Trading Business School podcast, please like and subscribe hit the notification icon and share it with an accountant if you know one. Share it with somebody who might need some help with accounting. And if you need some help yourself, please do not hesitate to reach out to us at hello at tradiebusinessschool.com and either myself or Brian or one of the team will reach out. We'll have a chat to you, see if we can help you with that. I know Brian Brian loves numbers way more than I do, but uh, at the end of the day, the numbers make the world go round. They make your business go round. So have those discussions with your accountants. Brian, thanks again for being part of the show. It's amazing to have you on here. I look forward to our next jam. It's always fun. Yeah, cheers, Adam. Thanks, everybody. Cheers.